Hi guys, this is Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays, and I am your host, Brooke Hammerling. Hi, Brooke. Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays. Hello, hello. I am here with the wonderful and talented and beautiful and brilliant woman. And I'm going to say her name. And for those of you who are avid podcast listeners, specifically Kara Swisher's Sway. And if you're Brit Morgan Sachs, you say this 20 times a day, you will know this name. It is Naima Raza, the producer of Sway and my friend. Hello. Hi, Brooke. I mean, keep going. It's so flattering. I love it. It's nice. I, you know, but it's so funny. Like we hear it. Brit is so funny. I think, you, you yes. know, when Brit she 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 says to me at a party, <laughs> she's, she comes up to me. I mean, it's happened to me very few times where I introduce myself and someone will say, Naima Raza from Sway. I hear your name in the credits. Naima Raza. And so I'll be like, whenever I talk to Brit, I'll be like, oh, I just talked to Naima. She's like, Naima Raza. Like she says it, she gets so excited and it's, you know, you have that, I mean, your name could be, you can be Madonna or Cher, but oh. the way that, because of your first name is just so it's yours. It's, I love it. It can be your one name person, but to say the whole name, that's power. That's power or someone that you knew in grade school, Brooke. I feel like every boy you dated in grade school, you say their first and last name, right? I know. I didn't date boys in grade school. I went to an all-girls Catholic school. I didn't see a boy okay. until I was, I literally persuaded my parents. When you were in parents. university or at the Coventry and the nuns. It's true. Oh, you know, you know where they also say full names. Well, first, mm-hmm. first, middle and last names are generally serial killers, right? You always hear mm-hmm. their, their whole name. It's yeah. like they, they always have like Billy Joe or something in that. Yeah. Well, and speaking of that weird segue, but we're here on a on a heavy fucking day. And mm-hmm. I know you've probably been in the midst of it with all that you do in producing Sway. And I'm sure there's been a lot of work on that today. But we're recording this and uh, you guys will hear it on Thursday. But we're in the midst of yet another yet another mass shooting. And while there are so many of these and we're exhausted from it, and we can't believe it. There's something different when it's elementary school children. I mean, this is crazy. I, you know, we just, we're taping an episode of Sway. We just taped an episode of Sway that'll be out tomorrow on this shooting in Uvalde, Texas. But it's wild. Like we just, we just had an episode on the Buffalo shooting, right? The grocery store shooting. We talked about that last week. And I do believe and they have always said this. I learned on the daily, first of all, yesterday on mm-hmm. the the podcast from the New York Times that mm-hmm. June, as we're not even in June yet, is typically the month that is uh, escalates in mass shootings. That's mm-hmm. this sort of like historically the month that people kick things off in a in a, in a escalate. And we're not even in June yet, and here we are. Yeah. But I also have heard that mass shootings spurn mass spawn mass shootings. So like somebody's inspired by the press and the knowledge and it's and this becomes weirdly a trend and we're a pop culture podcast and I was saying this to you before we jumped on to record mm-hmm. pop culture isn't always funny silly memes on Twitter or silly TikTok dances or celebrity stuff this is ultimately a moment in pop culture certainly the moments that come out of it so mm-hmm. It's so weird. To, we have to address it because it is the moment in time. It is culture. But the pop cultureness yeah. of it are those things that are people are just really gravitating to. And I think the thing that 
for me is that moment right now is the coach of the Warriors, the basketball team. Yeah, Steve Kerr. Who uh, is breathtaking. I, I think one, one it's, it is a culture issue, right? I mean, these shootings are a culture issue. A school shooting, I mean, to, at the time we're taping this, we know 19 students are dead. We know that 19 kids are dead and, and two adults. And Between the ages of what, eight and 10, something like that? Mostly, mostly fourth Elementary graders? Elementary school age. Yeah, I think children, mostly fourth yeah. graders, all in one class. And, and the gunman, 18, you know, mm-hmm. and had just acquired these guns, killed his grandmother. And the minute he turned 18, apparently, he was able to get these AR-15s, which, by yeah. the way, I still don't understand... Just to give you guys an understanding of how crazy this gun issue is, I was nearly sent to jail, taken to jail. It was Mm -hmm. like eight or nine years ago in New Jersey. It was a family matter, domestic issue in my extended family's home where we found an arsenal of guns that a a former family member had locked up in in a safe. And we had no idea what was in the safe and had the safe opened only to find an an arsenal of semi-automatic weapons and pistols along with ammo. And the the safe cracker was a retired police captain. And he said, I don't know what's going to happen, but the first thing you should need to do is call the local police. police. And I did. And the local police said, well, the person who owns a home is a licensed gun owner and he can keep these. And I said, well, he's no longer in the home. The safe is no longer a safe and they're young children in this house. So that's all fine and good, but please come and take them. They refused and they said it was illegal for them to come and remove the guns. So I said, I don't know what needs to be done here, but you got to do it. And so I flippantly said, well, then I'm just going to leave them in the middle of the fucking street and somebody else is going to come and get them. But as long as they're not my my the kids in the house, I'll be fine with it. And they came and tried to arrest or going to arrest me right away. We're there in less than five minutes. They needed a they needed an an opportunity to do something about it. But they didn't I take guess. the guns. No, they were going to arrest me. The, oh, they no. got you. They were going to arrest me, not take the guns. They they mm-hmm. left the guns. So I ended up this safe cracker and I got in touch uh, mm-hmm. after this whole, you know, ordeal. And he's like, we have an underground network of retired police officers and military who will, it's illegal for us, but we will get these guns out of your possession and in a safe place. And in the middle of the night, that's what he did. And that's like, it's so fucking crazy that I, I couldn't get rid of him. I don't, yeah. I had kids in this house. Like it's, it's not a gun I, safety issue. This is a gun issue. This is not yeah. a gun control issue. It's a gun issue. I think, and that's the thing, even when you were talking about, oh, June is the month where these things, I think we're looking for trends and reason and data and all of this. And it just, it actually doesn't make a lot of sense, you know? And, no, and it's nonsensical. And the stuff that's cutting through the noise, I think it's, I mean, I thought actually Biden's speech yesterday was also powerful, like these moments. You know, I always think of Sandy Hook and Obama's speech that was viral, right? That was a key moment where he was so torn up. Sandy Hook is a very, was a, a prominent, you know, sort of privileged community in Connecticut, mm-hmm. a small little beautiful, um, you know, uh, privileged background, right? And I, you yeah. would think that's, unfortunately, those things, there are lots of mass shootings that we don't hear of. I mean, there yeah. you'd hear about thousands uh, in a year and you're like, what? But these, obviously you have, the, you have elementary school children and whatnot. It, 
yesterday it was in Texas. It's mm-hmm. very close to the border Children. of of Mexico. But the right wing already were talking about the fact that this was they tried to make it that the shooter was an illegal immigrant. He was not. He was born. In- I mean, there's so much misinformation, even with Sandy Hook. I mean, we had Lenny Posner or Leonard Posner, one of the fathers of no Posner, the father of Noah Posner, one of the Sandy Hook victims. We had him on the show and, you know, he's been swarmed with misinformation about his son and Sandy Hook denials. There was people who call it the Sandy Hook hoax. And this is madness. That's what I wanted to get into. So the fact that these parents now are going to have to contend with not only burying their children, but the crazies out there that are really believing these are conspiracies by the federal government to get people to, to not, you know, they didn't lose anybody. This was all yeah. lie. This was their actors. I mean, these are real, this Alex Jones stuff. I mean, these people should yeah. be, go to jail. The thing is once the, once the disinformation is out there, how can you put it back in? It's a you genie know, in I the think bottle. It's a well, I think that's why and- the Steve Kerr's of the moment, mm-hmm. right? So this, this coach who himself is the victim of gun violence, he actually, Steve Kerr, this an NBA coach of the Warriors yeah. was born Golden and State raised. Warriors. Yeah, Golden State oh. Warriors, born and raised in Beirut. Uh, I think mm-hmm. his dad was the president of the university in Beirut. Um, and when Steve was 18, his father was assassinated, shot in the head, back of the head by terrorists. And, you know, he has been affected personally. And he had it yesterday. And he, yeah. what I think is so interesting is that you have the NBA. Mm-hmm. which is, you know, a very widely watched organization. And you're going to have people on both sides, Republicans, mm-hmm. Democrats, and Steve Kerr just didn't give a fuck about politics. He went off beautifully. Are you going to put your own desire for power ahead of the lives of our children and our elderly and our churchgoers? Because that's what it looks like. It's what we do every week. I'm fed up. I've had enough. We're going to play the game tonight. But I want every person here, every person listening to this to think about your own child or grandchild or mother or father or sister, brother. How would you feel if this happened to you today? We can't get numb to this. We can't sit here and just read about it and go, well, let's have a moment of silence. Yeah, go Dubs, you know, come on, Mavs, let's go. He did. And you know what? Good for him. I mean, he he's like, we're going to play the game, but I'm not here to talk about it. I mean, what was he going to do in a press conference? He was so visceral, so real, so angry. And I think actually the NBA is interesting because in the last years, we've seen the NBA be more active and kind of use that cultural. And, and I'm, I'm saying the NBA, but I mean individual players, LeBron. Players. I mean, LeBron. LeBron and- the China issue, right? We've seen this, like individuals come forward on various uh, political issues. And and I think Steve Kerr is, is the latest in that. And I have to admit, I'm not, you know, Brooke, you'd be shocked to know. I don't know much about basketball. Man, I had basketball. no idea who Steve Kerr like, was until yesterday. <laughs> I'm sorry. Me either. I don't, I, you know, I was like, he seems very basketball-y. Like I could tell that he was like definitely a coach. He had that coach like, you know, sort of presence, but he was so yeah. articulate in what was going on and what was wrong. And it's just the simple, like, you know, we're talking baseline. We're not, he wasn't even saying we don't, we have got, we have too many guns. He was saying, no, we need fucking background checks. Like the fact yeah, that somebody like, can just something. walk in and mm-hmm. you know, you can't buy a beer at 18, but you can go in and buy a gun. Like yeah. I don't, it doesn't make any sense. So that was a really powerful moment. And then and um, he pointed a finger. He said these 50 
these 50 lawmakers, these 50 senators in Washington are holding us hostage. And I don't know if that data point yeah, is I right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not I'm not familiar. I think that the I think the actual data is more nuanced on that. He said he had said 90 percent of American of the population support. support it. But I think it's not far I off that data pe- is more nuanced. But I think that, you know, I, I would hope imagine that, you know, the number of people who think that yesterday or that the tragic shooting in in Uvalde is something we should aim to prevent is higher than 90 percent. I would hope that it's, you know, 100 percent, if not near it. And I think that I, I will love to see if there's some dent that's made in this policy. Like Steve, I didn't grow up here. I grew up in Indonesia and, and Sudan. I'm Pakistani and I went to an international school and there were bomb threats often when I was in school because of the political situation. Were they bomb threats because of international school or just all schools? It were? was thought to be a symbolic target for, you know, terrorism, et cetera. So we were often on high alert when I was in elementary school or in middle school. But it's but that was something about the political context. And this, I think, is something about our culture. There's something about our culture, our inability to take care of, you know, mental health issues, our inability to But the thing is, well, right. First of all, they say it's a mental health issue. It's so interesting. Like I'm watching along Instagram and you see people like the real housewives, like Lisa Rinna, Mm -hmm. who's a real housewife of Beverly Hills, an actress married to Harry Hamlin and and is considered, you know, you just see her walking around. It's all about her outfits and her hair Mm -hmm. and, and spending money. And she's very using her platform now to just say, fuck it. This is enough. And we can't, this is not a mental health issue. This is a gun issue. And then you see all these people commenting they're like no you're an idiot you have it wrong it's a mental health issue and the fact is there's mental health issues in every country but we're not seeing this happen and that's because of the gun issue guns don't kill people people kill people bullshit it's a failure of policy i think it's a failure of culture i think it is i think that look i think that you know if we could have better services for mental health would it help the situation yes is it you know the primary driver of what happened no you know, that's about policy. Yeah, I think I, my I think you're right. I think we could go on and on and talk about yeah. it. But I it just like each time this happens, we're like, what is going to change it? What is going to change it? And I don't know if you saw, well, on the Senate floor yesterday, Chris mm-hmm. Murphy, who's a senator from Connecticut, who from Sandy Hook, yeah. he gave such an incredible speech. And you want to believe that changes like maybe finally that his he's like, why are we here? Why as leaders are why are, are we here as leaders if yeah. we're not going to fucking do anything? Why each time this here? happens, you think something's going to change. But then today, I just happened to sit down at my desk and turn on the news. Mm -hmm. Literally, I didn't understand what I was looking at. I was watching a press conference with Governor Abbott and then his Mm -hmm. whole like Texas Rangers and Lieutenant Governor and all of the motherfuckers that were sitting on the stage at the press conference behind him. And they're talking. And then all of a sudden, I see a guy from the audience up front start yelling and saying, we we demand answers. And all of a sudden, then the sheriff or all these guys are like saying, like, you're a crazy motherfucker. You're a dirty son of a bitch. I realized what? it's Beto O'Rourke was started. What? Did you not? Oh, my God. I didn't see this yet. No, I've been deep in. I did not see this. So Beto O'Rourke in the middle of the press conference charges up and says, this is this is an outrage. We need more answers. It's not about prayer. This is not about sending this. Whatever he said. And I'm I'm now extrapolating. I just uh, was, I was like, what is happening? And then. Yeah, this is just an hour ago. I'm looking at it now. The crew is saying, you sick son of a bitch. You're an asshole. They're not even muting this on on national news. And wow. I'm watching it and they're saying, you're 
you're politicizing this. This is not political. It is fucking political. How is this not political? The only reason we're here is because a certain amount of senators are holding up the just the bare minimum of what we can do. And then the governor went on to then blame. He said, look, there he kept calling it real gun laws. It was so crazy. He's like, we have real gun law. They're real gun laws in Chicago. They're real gun laws in New York. And he's like, I hate to say it, but there's thousands more shootings in Chicago, which he's trying to say is like a a race thing. He was clearly saying it was just not. I I think that Abbott, Ken Paxton, the the AG of Texas, uh, the lieutenant governor, Dan Patrick, you know, and and Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, are all kind of using this moment as as a moment to say, oh, you know, we need to arm teachers, we need to arm security guards. But that of course didn't that's what work saying. here. That doesn't. That is not. The police confronted this guy, and he's before he went into the school. They engaged. Yeah, they engaged so, in some way. And but I I think ultimately, like I'm very curious because Governor Abbott has to you know has to answer to the parents of these kids, and I'm very curious what he will have to say and what Texas will have to say about these. But I think it's going to be a moment, and I know I say this, but I do think. It's going to be the Matthew McConaughey's of the world. It's going to Matthew McConaughey's. Well, he's from there, supposedly, right? It's hometown. It's his hometown. He's he made a Texas. statement. He put. Yeah. He tweeted out a statement. You know, there's been a lot of talk about Matthew running for governor. But, I mean, mm-hmm. Matthew is a, a good old boy. He is. But this is his hometown. I really do think this is where pop culture makes a real impact because it's our politicians have let us down. 50 years. Like, there's been, you know, here we are focusing on we can't get what I think it was one of the basketball players, another another moment from the NBA mm-hmm. said that what kind of country is this where it's easier to get a gun than baby formula? This yeah. is what well, we're in. And so I think it's going to be the NBA players. It's going to be it's going to be the actors and the real but the follow-up has to come. Right. I think that the answer can't be. I think part of the problem of of like part of the uniquely modern American problem that we're in is that government is not trusted to solve the issue. And so we look to celebrities, we look to culture, we look to business, we look to capitalists. At the end of the day, the, you know, the incentives, all of those individuals have other incentives. And I'm not saying that, you know, that that doesn't mean that they can't be great. It's just my question is, should we really be resting on their benevolence and their attention to see change here? Like, ultimately, we need to fix the structure that has to do the job of seeing through reform, right. and that's but, government. And I and and I, but I agree with you. The, but the I do think will come. The spotlight, the, the will spotlight come. is coming now. I mean, social media can be used for so many terrible things, but yeah. I also think it can be used for for real moments and change. And I do think that we will get to a point. I don't know if it's this, but more and more people having a voice and coming yeah. together and having this be this sort of you know this can't continue. There's very few people that I can say, I just want, when I see that person's face, I want to punch him. I want to just like, and that's Ted Cruz. Like when he sent out a tweet again yesterday, like our thoughts and prayers, I was like, are you, are you for real? Is this like, you sound like an SNL character now. Like, (laughs) I think the thing with Ted Cruz, you know, he, what was it on the, on masks or vaccines he had said, or he had said something to the effect of, you know, don't tell me what to do with my body. Same person who tells them what to do with their bodies. Is it the craziest thing? He can't. And by the way, I know people in in the Senate. I've spoken to a few people, names I will not name, on both sides. Nobody likes him. He's literally the least liked person to ever come in. his college roommate, right? Hates him. I mean, his own daughter. 
His daughter was yeah. out on TikToks. Like, I mean, the the man is is universally loathed, and yet there's not he has one staying person. power, Brooke. He has staying power. Somehow. I know. I don't understand so. it. You know, I think we could. This is a pop culture podcast, so I got to move this on. Yeah. I mean, the the interesting thing is before this. Because last week we had a break, I think, or was it the week? Anyway, we had a recent break in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, but it's gone on into its sixth week. And this is the final week. And people have been riveted. It feels like the 600th week. It feels like the 600th week. week. There's actually a New Yorker article that came out recently that talks about it. That's also sort of painting a really cynical look at why Johnny Depp is dominating in socials. And it's because TikTokers saw that the algorithm was really feeding, getting that people a lot of views when they were taking a part of this conversation and taking. So they're using Johnny. So they're using Johnny for likes. But I, the fact of the matter is, I don't know if that's the fact of the matter is just like looking at the trial, people are riveted by it. It is a classic. There have been so many incidents this week that came out last week and this week Mm -hmm. that came out with, maybe it was just this week. I can't even, it's all the days are blending together. They had experts that have been making really weird facial expressions that have just been so comical to watch. But today it hit Mm -hmm. home for me because if any of you guys have been watching the trial, you know, or at least reading my newsletter, that Mm -hmm. Johnny Depp's team got very excited a few weeks ago when Amber Heard in her testimony referenced Kate Moss. And she referenced Kate Moss in relation to she and Johnny and her sister were having a fight at the stairs. And she was concerned that- Amber's sister. Amber's sister. She was concerned Mm -hmm. that Johnny, Amber was concerned that Johnny was going to push Amber's sister down the stairs like he did with Kate Moss, which then you saw- he allegedly did with Kate Moss. Right, Right. but that's what she said. That's what she said. And so you saw- saw Johnny's team just sort of like pump their fists in excitement, like, yes. Mm -hmm. And you could see she realized she made a mistake. All in all, what it meant was that because she referenced it, they could not call Kate Moss as a witness, but because Amber referenced Kate Moss, they could then call her as a witness to uh, Mm -hmm. sort of, you know, discuss those allegations. So today was the day. And Kate Moss, very, very brief, but and it was via video from mm-hmm. um, from the English countryside where I know exactly where she was. And she relays the story. Mm-hmm. And the story happens to be that they take that the two of them are on holiday at GoldenEye in Jamaica. Your favorite place. Your favorite place. Brooke, you are like a character in this trial somehow. I mean, I you if you asked me if like GoldenEye was ever going to become part of the, the this conversation, I would not have uh, picked it. But yes, GoldenEye, if you guys follow me on social media, you know, the, my favorite place in the it's world. It's your happy place. It's my happiest place. I had my 45th birthday there. We called it 45 and GoldenEye. And um, it is a special, the most special place in the world. It's in Jamaica. It's in Orcabessa. It's um, about an hour and a half away from Montego Bay, an hour and a half away from Kingston. And it is owned and operated by the incredible legend, Chris Blackwell. And Chris Blackwell is a Jamaican-born Englishman. He is now 80, in his 80s. He's a dear friend. He and his uh, girlfriend, Marika, run it. Chris was the founder of Island records. He is the one that signed Bob Marley and the Whalers, Jimmy Cliff and U2, Steve Winwood. Um, He's a legend and yeah, he created GoldenEye. His mother was friends with Ian Fleming. Right. And that was the house that Ian Fleming lived in. Bring it. 
No. So my big question is why you are not always living in GoldenEye. I think it is your happy place. I know. And I wonder why. I mean, one, I, I'm very upset you haven't invited me there yet. We're going to go. I you I, on your 45th birthday, but I shall be going for the future there. But why don't I, I live yes. at GoldenEye? Why don't you live at GoldenEye? It's not outside of the realm of possibility. I spend quite a bit of time there. And, and what's interesting, so I wanted to tell you that... Yeah. So this trial, it started off with Kate saying that she slipped down out of her room from the stairs after a rainstorm and she fell down Mm -hmm. the stairs and hurt herself and cried out. And Johnny, you know, leapt to her protection and safety and nurtured her and took care of her. And so countered the argument that there was somehow a a struggle. Ms. Moss, did there come a time while you and Mr. Depp were a couple that the two of you took a vacation together to the Golden Eye Resort in Jamaica? Yes. What, if anything, happened when you were in Jamaica with Mr. Depp? We were leaving the room, and as I left the room, I slid down the stairs, and I hurt my back. And I screamed because I was in, because uh, I didn't know what had happened to me, and I was in pain. And um, he came and carried me to my room and got me medical attention. Did Mr. Depp push you in any way down the stairs? No. Who's to say what's going to happen? But people are riveted by this Johnny Depp Amber trial. And I'm going to be happy when it's over. It's very interesting. I mean, this you shared Michelle Goldberg's column in your um, in your newsletter this yes. week. And I thought that was I think this kind of framing of is this trial a reckoning for me, too? Is this trial the kind of course correction or backlash against me too. And should we believe women? It's really interesting. I mean, this trial has become, I I hate that we are so obsessed with this trial and that, you know, it's really the rise of court TV again. So many people are watching this trial live. But I, I think it just speaks to a lot about our culture right now and like stan culture and our obsession with being forensic detectives on the internet. Oh my God, true crime is at an all time high, right? Which started, I think they said, was it in that article? But in article, it was the, it was serial podcasts that really kicked off Mm -hmm. podcasts for the mainstream that ended up getting like why this genre of true crime is so, um, people connect with it so much. And like you watching all of these people on TikTok, like, a, like lawyers giving their own analysis or oh, what about the makeup but like the makeup sleuth thing about how Amber Heard had you know said that she had covered her bruising and people were questioning whether the brand was there the brand or, didn't exist yeah. before even the brand got involved with it the brand said is had a statement kind of not taking sides I think this is kind of inane right and it's insane and inane and a sad state and, and I the New Yorker article was like nobody's coming out okay I I don't think Amber comes out from this professionally. I don't know, but I do. If anything, I look at Johnny's more than likely somebody's going to give him a, a gig and he'll be. You think that he has a bright future in Hollywood? Even though this? he, d- and to the New Yorker's point, like it is mm-hmm. true that he's talked about how he wanted to, you know, kill her and rape her dead corpse and burn her. And like, this is not, this is not a yeah, pleasant there, gentleman. No, there are real things that Johnny Depp has said, has, you know, I, I, there's all this audio too, and it cuts both ways, right? So there's this conversation that's happened. We know that this is not a healthy relationship. And we know that it, well, I mean, one psychologist came on and testified it was mutual abuse, right? And then there was this whole conversation of, is there a such thing as mutual abuse or does there have to be an aggressor? And there's a whole conversation. I mean, but the fact is that we're all 
psychiatrists now, we're yeah. all lawyers now, we're all, we're CSI people, we're, we're Mariska Hargitay, we're all of it, we're just taking you know, it on. I will be curious to see if, one, it's super sad because who of us has not been in, I'm not saying this relationship at this volume. Some this sort level, of abusive. This, but some toxic yeah. relationship, you know, and yeah. at the end of the day, it's just really sad. Like It's sad. It, and it, I don't know why we because, all have to be confronted with it. But yeah. anyway, I want to move it on because we have a bunch of stuff. But I will say back yeah, yeah, to GoldenEye, go the greatest yes. thing, and as you know, I just got back. back to GoldenEye. I just yes. got back from the, another magical trip with Kara mm-hmm. and a so, trip that you were supposed to be on. But one of the things I got to do is read Chris Blackwell's new autobiography, which is coming out soon. I want everybody to pre-order it. And it's called The Islander. And it is in fucking saying it is the greatest book of all time. I'll put it in the show notes, but I read it start to finish on the trip. It was incredible. Kara can attest to it. I was deep in it and I was, I couldn't put it down. It's an incredible book. It tells all these rock and roll stories and these sort of from Errol Flynn to Bono. It's so groovy. You guys, you got to get this book. He is a true rock star. He is a true, almost like he's like, um, he looks like a movie star. He did. Mm -hmm. And I can't talk enough about Chris Blackwell, but a true movie star. And we're going to wrap it up with this one. I know there's a lot of controversy around him, but let's just talk about it. Tom Cruise, Top Gun. I mean, okay. So it's so good. You saw it. The film is good. I went last night to see it. I wasn't, I went to the screening last night. I I did not make the, I didn't make the premiere in London with you, the fabulous one. So for you guys listening, Naima was supposed to join Kara and I at the premiere in London, which was incredible. It was all of Leicester Square shut down. We got sightings of Tom. We got sightings of Jennifer Connelly. Kate Middleton's dress. And I guess Tom Cruise apparently broke protocol Mm -hmm. by holding her arm and helping her up the stairs. But she wasn't getting (laughs) anywhere in that dress. It was like she needed help. And the movie, the minute that it started, when it went, do you remember... yeah. When it goes, it's wall to The hairs on the my arms and the back, they stood up. Did you see the original? So here's the thing. I have seen the original, Brooke, but I, I read you on this and your nostalgia that you had. And I don't have the same. I was barely one when the. Yes, little young one. I went to see it in the movie theater with my I mom just, and I'm dad. Saying I'm so young. <laughs> well, I know, which is such a sweet memory. And I. I, I but I but I really do love the nostalgia content because all of these, you know, geriatric millennial young Gen Xers that we know who are buying content at all the you know, all these places. And so we're getting all this or buying or making. I know David Elson and, and Co. Yes. Took years to make this this sequel into a reality. But there's all this nostalgia content. And I was thinking and we can continue to talk about Top Gun. But I have a question for you, which is what are Gen Zers going to make? As oh, my nostalgic God. Content? I know they did. There's a TikTok trend about it when they're like in 2080, they're going to be redoing the dances, like showing I mean, their what? kids like the TikTok dances, like yeah. the Lizzo and all of that. I think who knows? I mean, what I mean, movies now are all remakes anyway. Exactly. Right? I mean, like if we thought Full House reunion was bad, we're going to have. I love. I did love how Spider-Man did the multiverse to, to like make fun of the the fact that they replicated three Spider-Mans with just yes. different character, different actors. But I will say Tom Cruise, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I loved it. I, I want <laughs> all of the machines and equipment and science that he has in his house that is keeping that collagen fresh and young. I mean, because he yeah, looks he like good. I mean, Kara and Kara and I were sitting there and Kara's like, he's going to have a shirt off scene. He's going to have a shirt off scene. You watch. So you, know, you know, you know, it's interesting when the lesbians asking for the shirt when off. When the scene. lesbians are 
they're asking for for man to rip his shirt off, and sure enough, man got he did, and so did all the other actors. And he's he's there playing on the beach with guys thirty years younger than him, and he looks better, frankly, better. And did you know? Well, you do know this. I do know he just flies. He fucking flies that goddamn plane. He flies, and he just did this James <laughs> James Corden interview where he flew James Corden in the plane. James I, Corden has I can't even imagine what was going I on. Know. That and was James a weird like back, carpool karaoke remix where there were yeah carpool karaoke in like an F fourteen or whatever the plane was. I don't know what I, the plane was. And I thought it was for sure going to be not like really. T- Tom Cruise was flying that motherfucking plane. It was yeah. unbelievable. Sign me up. I don't care. He's if there's background stuff of his past, his his like side. You know, it's I would date him over dating a a, a Catholic at this point. You would date him over Rooster, the young kid. Oh, love Rooster. Nope. What about Hey Man? Uh uh-uh, uh, Maverick. Maverick all the way. A Maverick. I was always a Maverick girl. Maverick. Always is a Maverick girl. I love I'm, Maverick and Rooster and Goose. I love all the names. I loved all. I, I love know, what would Jennifer, your call sign be? I love these call signs. I don't have a good one, but I. I I'm going to be Potato. I'd be Potato. I just. What's your dog going to be? Potatoes is going to have to sit back <laughs> and deal with it. But I loved that Jennifer. I'm going to end on this. Yes. I thought Jennifer Connelly. She's 51 years old. I mean, granted, oh, a lot of people don't look like that at 51. But I there's an eight year age gap between she and and Tom Cruise, and I'm here for it. I loved it. I, I thought she was the gangster. She was she's power she's powerful. I like her. I mean, I liked her character also. I don't know if she was like that in the original. Was she more She wasn't in the original. Strong? Oh, she's not. She was, no, Penny. that character is not so Penny oh, this is a no, Penny was referenced in the right. original as the Admiral's daughter, as somebody that Maverick got uh. himself in trouble with. So it's referenced in the first, in Top Gun original, but we never see her. That's when he then gets into playing with his teacher, who becomes his love interest, who does not come part into the sequel. But the Val Kilmer stuff and using AI to yes. bring his voice back, it was, it was incredible. It, it really was, was. It was well done. Well done. Okay, so I, you know where we are? Yeah. We're at the end, Brock. This is sad. Make out, marry. Well, I mean, I know who you're going to make out with, and well, I want to make out with me? the same person. No, as you no, make out with. no. You don't know. You don't actually know. <laughs> you know what? Who I'm going to make out with is Harry Styles because I love the new album. I love the My boyfriend. God, the song. new album is amazing. Did you see his outfit on Howard Stern with the strawberry yes. shirt and the yes. green beads? He's Hot. fantastic. Do you think Olivia Wilde will come after me? I mean, I, it was for me. It was a it was a tie. I want. I also want to make out with Steve Kerr, but I have a lot of respect for his family. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make out with Harry Styles. I think you can. This is a safe space. None of the partners should feel threatened. This is all this is true. just a you know fantasy. What about Mary? What about Mary? Oh, who would you marry? What about Mary? What about Mary? Ben Stiller comes like uh, yeah, make <laughs> exactly. out with Ben Stiller. You know what? Why don't I marry Jeff? Steve Kerr? I'm gonna marry Steve Kerr also right. because I love Lebanon. I've spent a lot of time there and I love that he grew up there. And although it's very I love sad it. what happened to his father. I know. What a tragedy. But what he's gonna come out of this as a as a real voice of reason. And what about mute? This is something. Oh, we, you know, I'm gonna mute the trial. I'm gonna mute the trial. Okay. That's interesting. I, I'm gonna mute the the trial. And instead of talking about the trial, I'd like to talk about why we were talking about the trial in the first place and address some of those things. I think that the Frank Langella firing from Netflix is really interesting. And we should talk about that. We can talk about that. Yeah. I mean, I think there should not be an 84 year man, eight year old man doing sex scenes with young women. So there's yeah. that Frank Langella. Sorry, but you're out. You're muted. But, Maybe I'm muting 
Frank Langella. But wait, okay, wait. I'm going to make out with, and I am so sorry. I don't care about, I, I just said, I literally just said 84-year-olds should not be making out with younger women. But I will make out with, in real life, with Chris Blackwell. Uh, um, his girlfriend, Marika, would be very angry at me, but I just love him so much. I just- I got to read the book. Think, I would make out with him in any age, at any time, at any, he's just so wonderful. And I would, I'm going to be controversial here. Scientology be damned. I have some really wonderful friends who are Scientologists and um, to each of their own. And I have no idea about what, you know, that David Miscavige seems weird, but Tom Cruise, I would totally him. marry him for the adventure. I want him to fly me to the moon. I mean, not I think, Elon, but Tom Cruise. Well, definitely not Elon. <laughs> I would mute, I would mute all of the crazy gun people yeah, forever. I just want them muted, muted. You know, so. I, I think that that's hard because I think that some, I agree with, I, you know, I think that it has to have some kind of solution because I think that this country is moving in extremes. So I think you got to engage in some way. But. I, well, Naima, listen, I honestly, I hate to tell you this, but we're yeah. going to do this again. I'm just going to have to have you on all the time. Oh my gosh. This, was, this has to happen. You're my everything. Oh, and Brooke, thank you for having me. I'm sorry. It was a little bit, you know, it's a crazy time right now to be doing this, but it's nice to have a, a moment of light with you to talk about pop culture. And I'm just sorry you weren't with us in London, but we have to do a trip. Um, but with that, you guys, thanks for another trip around uh, my crazy brain. And Naima would not have been able to do this without you and your joy and a delight and a brilliant Aww. mind. And I love you. Brooke, you're the best. You really are the best. And I love this podcast. I love listening to it. I love reading your newsletter. It makes me so much smart. Look at you. You're informing me. I didn't even know it was better or work. I've been you know, living in a cave for the last hour. I have a, an uncanny knack for retaining lots of information all at once, but of course, nothing to do. Like, I can't remember birthdays. I can't remember names, but I I have lots of pop culture in my brain. Okay. Well, next time we <sighs> cave, I expect it to be at GoldenEye and I will not flake Well, we that. will. We will do that. Um, all right, guys. Thank well. You. Thank you so much and let everybody know this is your favorite podcast. And we'll see you next week. Pop culture.